Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey, DNVR fam. You know that helping out our sponsors helps us out, but you also know by now that it helps you out. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental know all about helping you out, taking care of you, taking care of your teeth. Very, very important. Get the best smile you can possibly have. Located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They're the best damn family-owned dentist operation in the area. You gotta go and get taken care of with them. You gotta get your cleaning x-ray and exam scheduled today and they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 for first-time users to get 20% off. DNVR25 for second-time users to get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast, upon where you can hear part two of an absolutely fantastic, can't-miss conversation with everyone's favorite Jenny, Jenny Kavnar, and a lot of people's just favorite person in the Rockies community. Drew Goodman's back on the show. How are you, Mr. Goodman? I'm doing well. It's good to be in Arizona. Good to be at spring training. I'd say good to be in the warmth of uh, of Arizona. And I, <laughs> and I don't mean that quite literally because it's actually been chilly. Today was kind of uh, overcast. Uh, but it probably beats what's coming in Denver over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> this, this snowpocalypse that everyone's preparing for. Right. Uh, goodness. I saw, funny, I saw a funny line, fellas. Um, it was uh, put out. Uh, one of my one of my kids uh, put it out. It was we're going to get anywhere from zero to 140 inches, and the temperature over the weekend is going to be anywhere from zero to 80 degrees. That's right. Facts. <laughs> Those are facts, right there. Yeah. I, I, right. I, I will share with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm digressing, but I will share with you one of my favorite stories from my you know broadcasting days. Um, I was doing. Used to do the Big 12 in, in football every week, and I had uh, Texas Tech and somebody many years ago, and Spike Dykes, the late Spike Dykes, was the head coach of Texas Tech. Colorful character. He was born and raised in West Texas, and he and he fit that bill uh, to a T. And so we were having our meetings, uh, you know, Friday afternoon in his office, and and he was one of those coaches. Usually, coaches, you know, they, they want to they're on to the next activity. So we're getting ready to leave. He goes, "Where are you all going?" He goes, let me tell you a story. And so we sit back down in the catch. He goes, you know, you know the uh, two best jobs in America? I said, no, coach, what do you got? He said, weatherman and the backup quarterback. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, weatherman gets to keep his job, never has to be right. And he goes, everybody loves the backup quarterback. Where's the, where's the hat? Where's the, uh, where's the baseball right. hat? Carries a clipboard, never gets hit. Two best jobs in America. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, one of the best jobs in America has got to be play-by-play man for uh, any baseball club. Uh, you, you get to go down to spring training this time of year. You get to check it out. You're getting your eyes on these guys. But we we want you to take us behind the scenes a little bit of just what it's like getting down there, getting back in the booth. Because as we talked about last time you're on a little bit, this this is spring training for you too. So what are those feelings like just getting back into the atmosphere, getting back in the booth, sitting down, talking to Spilly again, seeing the the faces and just, just doing the thing that, that you love to do. Well, first of all, I think you, you, you hit the nail, the proverbial nail on the head. You're, you're getting to do something you love to do. Um, it's great. Even though it was far from a full house, I think down in, um, in Scottsdale at, at Salt River Fields, they're allowed to have about 2,100, 2,200 people. But just seeing people out there, seeing kids out on the lawn, uh, enjoying themselves, that that's terrific. And and you're watching baseball again, and you realize that we're getting closer to normal. 
Uh, you know, most of the news has been good news lately uh, surrounding the pandemic. And from a, a broadcast standpoint, it's really, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get in that rhythm again uh, of, of calling games. And, you know, I, I find spring training games actually to be a little more difficult uh, they're not difficult, but they're different than regular season games because guys are coming in and out of there and you're trying to keep up. Um, but you're really just presenting the early spring or mid spring storylines. Uh, but all, overall, it's just it's great to be back in the booth. Great to be back with our gang and, and, and great to be watching Major League Baseball. And it's spring training for you, too. You're you're still getting used to the swing of things and you're getting your reps in as far as your your voice and doing those vocal warm-ups and whatnot. How is that aspect of it? How does that go early on in, in spring training and getting yourself used to talking for essentially three straight hours? Yeah, I, I suppose most people who know me would say, oh, talking that long is not going to be an issue for him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's really finding your, your baseball voice again, the rhythm uh, of the game. And it's much easier, honestly, when the regular season starts because – uh, there is a true rhythm. One of the unique things about um, spring training this year, as you guys have noticed, it's like, okay, I've had enough, and, and a team will walk off the field after a couple <laughs> outs, you know, if the, if the inning's yeah. not going well. We've seen that already in the two games we've broadcast, uh, I think, three or four times. Uh, the first game went only seven innings. And at that point, you're really not arguing because, with all due respect to the young guys getting an opportunity, um, you know, you, you're pretty much your storylines are done for the day. And, um, but it, it is it's a nice warm up for us to get rolling in the regular season. I, I wouldn't want to just go into game one of 162 completely cold, not having uh, been in the booth a few times and and, uh, you know, talked baseball. And, and as I said, got the rhythm of, of the sport going again. One of the things I thought was actually really fascinating because you you had made a, a, a quip basically about not wasting your good anecdotes in spring training. And day one, Spilly comes out and tells a story you've never heard before about this guy heckling him in the, in the whole situation. I won't do the whole story. I couldn't do it justice. It's Spilly's story to tell. But my, my question to you is just, I mean, you've been working with this guy for X number of years in the booth. Why number of years before that as a player developed this relationship for him to still be able to kind of surprise you with it, with an anecdote like that. Uh, does that kind of get your juices going as a broadcaster again? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there are times as a broadcaster where you feel, and just like that, I'm glad you brought that up Drew. You're like, man, that's a, that's a gem of a story. And I'll, I'll, we'll, we definitely will revisit that. I will, um, I will draw upon that another time. And I think overall, you have to remember that even if you retell a story, one that you know you've told, I mean, I've done that many times. I, I don't think many people at home Same. are like, you know, what are you doing? I already heard that story. Come on. You know, I mean, if right. you do, they go, okay, I've heard it before. It's a pretty good story, hopefully. Um, so I'll, I'll listen uh, to it again. But many people have not heard it. You can't assume that everybody is is sitting on the edge of their seat every night watching uh you know, getting to see every ball game. So, um, but there is that feeling, Drew, uh, that you don't want to you don't want to blow out the really good ones in March. You want to kind of save them to there's a little there's a few more eyeballs on it. But uh, that that's the great uh, that that's the uniqueness of Spilly. He does uh, he does have quite a few uh, gems in his pocket. That was a classic and though, Patrick. Did best player on the team. Put in your best player. Yeah. And I could just no one hurdle so well. I could see him just absolutely laughing his uh, his tail off when when that thing went down as it did. And and I, I'm glad Spilly told that story you know, early on in the inning because, as you said, with these innings ending so abruptly with only one out or two outs or with the bases loaded, you you got to get those stories in on the first half of the inning, almost after the first pitch. Go ahead and start telling it just in case you run out of time. And then next thing you know, guys are coming off the field and you're only halfway into right. your, your big tail. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was uh... – that 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 was definitely uh, fun. Now, if people are listening to podcasts, what was the story? I'll I'll tell it because you know what we'll uh, we'll get there again. But basically, it was 
uh, I asked Philly his favorite spring training moment. He said, and he, and he didn't hesitate. He goes, I got it. It was my greatest spring moment uh, ever. He goes, I wasn't playing naturally. I'm a, you know, Philly's very self-deprecating. I'm on the bench <laughs> and um, there's some fan up there who keeps yelling, put your best player in and hurdle, you know, it's spring hurdle. So he, Clint will engage just about anybody. Anyhow, he goes, who's my best player? He goes, I got them all out there. Holiday's out there. Tulowitzki's out there. Helton's out there. What are you talking about? He goes, Spillborgs. He goes, Spillborgs. And so, so Hurdle looks at Philly. He goes, your uncle's up there. He wants you in the game. And he goes, I don't have any uncles here. I don't have any family here. He goes, well, he's got to be related to you somehow. He keeps calling you the best player on the team. And he's wearing Clint out. He's going, put your best player in the game. So finally, uh, you know, Clint, fifth inning or whatever, puts uh, Spilly in, and the first pitch he sees, he hits up, hits their homer. And the guy comes sprinting down to the edge of the, you know, <laughs> edge of the field, yelling at Hurdle, I told you so. He's your best player. Hurdle was like almost on the ground laughing. But, uh, that man really. was Dave Magadan. And the right. rest is history. He's the hitting coach. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. uh, it's that one of the things, actually, I've told a lot of spring training stories and a lot of things that are great about spring training. Sometimes I forget that the characters, the people who are around, the fans who are just out there uh, coaching guys on the backfield on how to fix their swings from the bleachers, you know, they're, they're characters running around there, man. And there's a it's, it's a fun atmosphere to be in. Uh, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere, as uh, we've talked about before. Most guys, not all guys, but there's, if you're a, a regular, spring is great. Like if you're Charlie Blackman, you're just getting ready for the season. It's relaxed. Uh, you're getting your work in, as we always hear. And you know, you, you're ready to go. Now, if you're battling for a spot, obviously, th that can be stressful. But nobody's lost a game yet. Um, you know, everybody seems to be in a pretty good mood. Uh, the weather's good. Uh, the Cactus League's awesome because the furthest you're ever going to have to drive is about 40 minutes. Uh, so the yeah. players love it. The coaches love it. Uh, the, the media uh, loves it. Uh, you know, the broadcasters love it. That's something else we're, we're touching on. We do this on an annual basis in the spring. It is very common when to to be driving on the 101 and, you, and you're sitting there and you turn to your left and there's your favorite uh, baseball player like a little leaguer in uniform driving from Peoria down to Scottsdale because he played his five innings and he's done. And so, you know, he's probably in a fancier car maybe than you are, but you know, he's driving no shower. He'll shower back at the complex or whatever. And they just, they leave as soon as they're done uh, with their five or six innings, they got their two or three at bats and they're not waiting for the team bus. It is a lot like high school baseball where you just drive home after the game. You know, if you're a senior and you got your license and you're not going to take the team bus back, and as you said, because it's just such a fantastic area where the two farthest ballparks are 45 minutes away. And in some places in Florida, the two, you know, two of the closer ballparks, you have to travel that long. And so it's just this, this baseball Mecca did landing in the Phoenix did, did you get that sense where really it was, okay, we're, we're going to be doing this again. Was that another step forward in, you know, kind of preparing yourself and, and getting really goosed up for the season? Yeah, it's kind of strange, Patrick, in that I, I, I was all geeked up coming down here because, the, again, as, as we're just talking about, we've talked about on previous shows, you know, we, we love spring training, love March down in Scottsdale. It is my favorite time of year. And, Yes, it's still a little different, um, but there's still there's bustle. I mean, restaurants are busy. Uh, people are out. Um, people, you know, they want to get out. And um, so so that is all spring training like from years past. Um, and the thing that's different and strange for me is that I'll be down here for another few days. We have a couple more television games. Then I'll go back for about 10 days and I'll come back again. And those right now are the only two trips that I will travel on or any of us will travel on for the, you know, foreseeable future. I, I think the plans were, you know, the, that all the games this year on the road, we call out of the studio again. 
we're, we're all hopeful that at some point in time that gets lifted and maybe it's after the all-star break where we'll get back out on the road because um, in the interest of full disclosure to do our jobs properly, we need to be visually being able to see the whole field um, have to be around the players and the coaches. So you're, you're getting those anecdotes and, and you're, um, and you're able to interact with guys on a day-to-day basis. We're going to do a much better job and a service for all the fans out there each evening. And we certainly understand right now why we're, why we're going to be in the studio, but it's kind of strange because we're actually going down to spring training a couple of times. And yet when the season starts, when they're on the road, as opposed to normally, you know, being with them, at least initially, uh, well, we won't be. Yeah, it's important. We've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times about how it's important for us to be able to get down there sometimes and be there in person and do all that. So if it's important for us, it's X times that much more important uh, for you guys who who are there, you know, calling the games and and delivering the information to to people regularly. I do need to remind everyone, by the way, as we were getting ready for the snowpocalypse here, I wasn't able to get any seltzers still sold out of the seltzers. You may have noticed I'm drinking out of the bottle. Which is I, I've usually got my can of Hot Peak IPA, but the the seltzers weren't the only things sold out. They they only had um, the IPA fifteen. So they've got a regular sampler pack, right, which has all the different things in it: the vanilla porter, the avalanche amber, the lager, and all that stuff. That's a go to for sure. Uh, but uh, my girlfriend Caitlin's in for an interesting weekend because all they had available: no seltzers, no regular sampler pack, just the IPA sampler pack. They've got four different kinds of IPAs. Uh, that'll, so it'll be an interesting weekend for her. But still, wherever you can get your Breck broom, uh, hopefully you can find some seltzers, maybe the regular sampler pack. Either way, it's all damn good beer from a damn good beer company, Breckenridge Brewery. You know, to get stocked up, there might still be a little bit of time before Snowmageddon arrives. And there's one other thing that I've got to do that uh, I haven't been. Uh, I remind everybody at the end of every show about the Uh, perks of becoming a member at dnvr but there's a few i've been leaving out and we've got a special thing going on right now one thing i forget i always remind you about the discord channel and being able to get discounts on hats and shirts and mass bigger beer down at the dnvr bar all that stuff but i always forget you get a free shirt when you sign up for an annual membership just right off the bat we're going to hook you up with a free shirt and there's a fun new perk going on right now for our next 300 members if you sign up to become an annual dnvr member Not only do you get that free shirt from the DNVR locker, but we hook you up with a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What is that? Well, Holistic Wellness is all about that CBD. The stick they will send you is 10 packs of 10 milligrams CBD. One focused on, uh, this one is focused on recovery. All you do is pop the top off the stick, pour it in any drink, stir and consume. It's amazing. No mess. Use it. Pop off that stick. Stir it in any drink. And uh, check them out at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And again, they are also offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase using code DNVR30. So go and sign up now, either just for this or for to become a DNVR member. You get hooked up with all kinds of fantastic deals. See what works best for you. They've got all kinds of interesting holistics, including recovery, sleep, stress, beauty and digest i'm gonna need to try a couple of those beauties we're gonna have to put that to the test i guess we'll see what happens there uh but check them out at the dnvr.com today become a member of the family and with all this money that you are going to be clearly saving with with our discount codes and what have you you might be able to save up for a travel camper now drew your partner uh ryan spielberg's he he drove all the way out with this camper and then immediately brought it back. Did you get a chance finally uh, yesterday afternoon before he made his way to New Mexico to, to take a look at this, uh, this thing, this monstrosity that he was traveling Legendary with? Legendary item. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mini, mon- it was a mini monstrosity. Um, <laughs> I, did. I, I went, he was parked right next to me. So I, we went out there and uh, he gave me the grand tour and uh, it's, it's a great little thing. He had a lot of fun with it with his family this summer uh, they went out, he said, probably 10, 12 times, uh, many little camping trips. And um, it, it was really cool. Uh, I, he's taking probably some more video going back. He uh, he shot something out on social media that he, he got to Grants, New Mexico last night. 
So he was safe and sound at the KOA campground there. And I'm going to check in with him a little bit uh, at, wait, a little bit later after we're done here and make sure uh, he, he's getting close to home. But I, I tell you what, seeing Spilly in one of those enormous pickup trucks pulling uh, this camper is just perfect. That's all I oh, can man. tell you. Cousin Eddie. I went I went on the KOA website and there wasn't anything about Orion Spielberg's autograph session, but he was he was he wanted everyone to come on down there if they were in the area. It'll be interesting to see if he, he bumped into anyone. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he probably had the TV going, uh, leaned up against uh, the back wall of the uh, of, of the camper with, with a cold one going. At least I hope that's what I would be doing. Yeah, is, is that is that a purchase coming from the Goodman family now? Or are, are, is that entice you, or no? You just give me the steel birds, and I'll just fly around where I need um, to go. I thought. Listen, I um, my uh, my my father in law has has at different times had like the huge ones, like the bus kind of campers, or you know, mm. motorhomes, I should say. And we had borrowed his on a couple of occasions, and it was a blast. And it was it was a lot of fun. Um, who knows down the road? I told, I told Spilly, actually, I think I said this on the air. I said, you know, it's travels with Charlie, man. It's, it's John Steinbeck. And, uh, I had to first tell Spilly who John Steinbeck was. And then Phil and the, the Charlie was a dog and he was traveling across the country, um, with him, but that, that may be my future. You never know. That's Speaking of retelling stories, since we're on the subject of both Spilly and that, I, I think I haven't told this on the podcast in a long time, but uh, so that you know this one, Goody, the very first time I met Ryan Spielberg is actually the very first time that I met a lot of the people involved with the Rockies. Uh, before I had gotten credentials, there was something I was lucky enough to get invited to back when I was just at, at doing Purple Row, you know, the blogging days. And it was a, a bowling alley event. Carlos Gonzalez and his wife were hosting and Michael Kadire, Justin Morneau, those guys, that's the, the era of Rockies that we're talking about there. And I was as excited to meet Spilly as I was any of them. And, and I, you know, went up and I told him and, and he was, I think that was around the time he was really starting to make the transition into broadcasting. And so I had told him who I was and, you know, what I was doing and uh, that I, I was really a fan of the, the 2007 uh, like, documentary when he was running around behind the scenes and he was doing his camera stuff and him wanting to be a filmmaker i was saying man you got to make you've got to make your movie about that that year uh, but he wanted my review of him as a broadcaster so far that was just you know and, and all the other guys were, were perfectly great to meet michael kadire was especially warm and inviting i remember that but you know spilly turning it into an entire conversation saying so what do you think so far? How am I doing? Do you think I'm doing a good job as a broadcaster? Have I, have I made any big mistakes? I know those Purple Row guys can be tough on us, you know, and, and he was so, like, down to have a, a real conversation that first time I met him. I, was, I remember I was really blown away by that. He's, uh, and he's always been yeah. that way. Yeah, I mean, Spilly approached broadcasting, and still does, the same way he approached his baseball career as an athlete. And that he wants and solicits constructive criticism, and you know, he—I mean—he opens that door to any to anyone, whether clearly. You no, know, <laughs> I don't mean it like I'm not saying that no, about you, Drew, you but should. I mean, I, I'm probably I'm probably a little more selective as to whose uh, opinions <laughs> I'm going to value, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but. Um, I, I do mean that in a legitimate way. And I don't, I'm not talking about you guys, certainly. Um, but Spilly, I, I've heard him say, you know, coach me up. Tell me, uh, you know, tell me how I can get better. And so he did approach and does approach his broadcasting career uh, probably in the same vein that he did his athletic career. And I applaud that. Yeah, that's just, it's super cool. And I think it comes through in, in the energy of the broadcast. And it's why even here in spring training, when the ball club's on, AT&T Sports, you can't miss the team, man. You guys are having a lot of fun, and so we we really appreciate yeah. it. I know that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you saying that, and I think with anything, if you have fun uh, doing it, hopefully people at home are having fun. You're 
never, ever, ever going to please everybody. You know, you're going to have the crowd that takes stick to baseball, stick to ball one, strike one, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, but you have to be you and, and, um, and you have to enjoy yourselves. And hopefully if you're enjoying yourselves and, and, uh, the camaraderie is real, uh, you know, the affection I think for, for each other is real, that, that it comes across at home and it pleases more people than it doesn't. Yeah, you got a game tomorrow on, on Saturday, another one on Monday against the Dodgers, and it's it's you're getting geared up. You've got four games in a, in a short amount of time. Is How much of a slog is it during the 162-game season when it's just every single day? This is a little bit easier. It's a little enjoyable. It's the front end of the season. Again, again you're getting your kind of your pipes ready for it. It's this is exciting. This is a good problem to have where there's just baseball games every single day. And it's, it's a blessing more than anything, right? Absolutely. I mean, the worst day at the ballpark <laughs> is a great day still. And you have to keep that perspective. And we all can find reasons to kafetch. Uh, good Yiddish word. I think I've thrown that one out before. I was going to uh, say, was that the one you had used down. before? Yeah, that was, yeah. We're, we're, you're was you're that, teaching that, stuff. Uh, I may have, yeah, or I may have used a different yeah. Yiddish word. I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah. anyhow, you, you can always find something to complain about. Uh, but, you know, we have a marvelous job. We're going to the ballpark. All, all the things that you say. And you want to always remember that. And I, and I think we do a pretty good job of that. But to more specifically, answer your question um you know from a from a macro standpoint you realize uh patrick that it that it is a it is a grind um just like for the players you know it's day in day out and you're preparing yourself and and certainly even from our perspective winning beats the heck out of losing uh so when you have you know a team that's doing well or, or is playing well over a given period of time it, you have a bounce in your step and you're really excited about going to the ballpark um there, there's absolutely no denying that uh, but it can't be a grind you know when you're working 20 in a row um again i never want to, this to come off wrong it's still the, the best it's the best but you know it's 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 day in and day out And when you're working a game you know back to back that went four hours whether it's because it, it went 12 innings or it was one of those you know slow moving games that that was 10 9 and and it took four hours you know you you don't probably have the same energy in the eighth inning that you had in the first couple of uh, innings. Uh, but one of the beautiful things also about baseball is after, you know, a three game set or maybe the occasional four game set, a new team's coming in. So, you know, you're excited about, Oh, the Phillies are in town and you get to watch Ramuto and Bryce Harper. And so there's new storylines. It's the same thing for you guys is yeah. you guys do what you do on a day to day basis. Um, so um, it, it is a unique sport in that, the volume of games. I mean, people say that about the NBA and I, you know, obviously worked in the NBA for a long time. They say the same thing about hockey, but it is almost literally twice the number of games that they have in, in those, in those sports. And, and those seasons can be long. Right. Right. Uh, so along those lines, last one, before we get onto the field, start talking some baseball, but Patrick's walked up to it. Now I'm just very curious about vocal exercises like literally do do you do things to take care of your voice as somebody who used to semi-seriously sing i remember some silly voice exercises i used to do or things i so i know i know there's there's some science that goes into taking care of the vocal cords like i mean you're getting your reps in too so is, is there an element uh what do you do to to take care of your your money makers <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't do anything specific. I do know some people who, you know, drink, you know, tea with honey in it and that sort of thing. I'm not, I'm not a big tea guy. Um, there are times, usually at the start of the broadcast, you know, Boyer's a, he's one of, uh, uh, I'll sneak in one of my big sponsors, uh, uh mm -hmm. on my podcast <laughs> and, and they're big sponsor of the Rockies, but I do have, um, it's funny. I'm not, a, I've never, I was never really a huge coffee drinker, but now, I will drink decaf and I'll get my mocha from the Boyer's Cafe around the corner. And just having something warm is soothing on your voice. Knock on wood, I've been very fortunate in that, you know, some people have dealt with, you know, laryngitis periodically or that sort of thing. 
Um, there's only been a couple of times in my career where I've, where I've dealt with that. Um, but, um, you know, you, you try to speak from your diaphragm a little bit more. I remember that from college. Um, so that I think is helpful, but not, nothing specific to give you a long winded answer. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm very curious about that whole science because I, I was never big into it either I, I remember showing up to a gig and i was like having a whiskey and coke or something and somebody in another band was like what are you doing and i was like i don't know i'm not that good a singer to begin with bro <laughs> like i don't know right <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you this um when i was doing back when i was doing the nuggets uh, the first couple of years i would do uh, uh, so I do like 25 of the games on radio and I'm trying to remember, I think it, it may have been Jerry Schimmel who would do 25 on TV and I, I would do the other, whatever mm. it was, 50 or something uh, on television. Radio is more taxing because it's nonstop. And, and a few years mm. ago for several years, I was doing um, college football for ESPN radio. And at the end of, at the end of a radio broadcast, your voice is more fatigued because you're not, you don't, you do have to kind of get it in shape to do radio because it's almost nonstop baseball on radio. Uh, even though it's a beautiful sport on radio, it, it is a little more forgiving because of the pace of the game. But when you're doing basketball, when you're doing football um, yeah. and describing it and spitting words out uh, quickly over a long period of time, it, it does tax you a little bit more. I've just been getting into hockey and um, what's his name? Connor uh, that, that does Connor the McGahee. avalanche. Connor McGahee. And I know he's, he's done some work with you guys in the past. I know I, I, I've met him yeah. over doing some Rocky stuff, but he, uh, I was listening to him do hockey. I was like, how are you doing this? This is incredible. Nonstop. That's, that's nonstop. Yeah. It, it, even more so than radio. It, no. Absolutely. Because even on television, the, the nature of calling, hockey on television even is more of almost a, a semi-radio broadcast and you know mark Mosier used to do radio does a terrific job there and, and connor does a great job um also uh, but um yeah you you had that in in the in those situations you do have to build up your kind of your vocal cords um so they you know they don't fatigue and, and your voice is still strong you know late in the third period yeah I, I did not even a full summer. It was more like a month of calling games for a summer collegiate wood bat league in, in here in town and for the Boulder Collegians. And yeah, sure, there were double headers thrown in there as well, but I, it was not for me. I said, nah, I think I need a different route talking about baseball. Not every single pitch that happens. And man, that was uh, that that was rough, but it was it was fun just getting to watch baseball every day and. You know, you, you know it. If, if you get to do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life, as you said. Yeah, my two oldest boys played uh, at different times in that league and played up at Carpenter uh, Park mm -hmm. uh, against the Legion. So, good times. Also good times, as everybody knows, if you're a sports fan at all, March, March Madness. Look, it's just a fantastic time to be alive as a sports fan especially if you happen to have the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you're a fan of underdogs, which, look, we, we know you are. You're listening to the show. You're hanging out with the show. You're probably a fan of underdogs. We are, like, no fun to root for the overcats, as Patrick and I have apparently decided to start calling them. You root for the underdogs. So if you can go on your DraftKings Sportsbook app and pick an underdog for the tournament anytime here in this this next couple of days, the wind, I think you've got through the weekend now to do this. You bet four bucks on an underdog. If they win, you make out of there with $256. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook app is always hooking up their customers with fantastic promos, sometimes just throwing free money at you to bet. Uh, you can bet on all kinds of different sports. Of course, the big ones, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, but you can bet on the KBO, UFC, all kinds of fun and interesting stuff. Hopefully rugby soon. we got to get them in on the rugby circuit with our guys over at Colton Strickler in the DMVR Rugby Podcast. Download the top-rated sportsbook 
DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code DNVR to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It's that time of year for those underdogs and not the overcats. No, nobody wants – when you're in the – I guess by the time you get to the final four, you want you know most of the, the yeah, chalk to go there, but – the, the the twelve seeds over the fives. It's funny I say all that. Both my parents went to KU. They're over cats every year. They're, <laughs> but then they're losing a Bucknell and stuff. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Sorry, Bucknell. Uh, <laughs> I know if she's not listening Bucknell, now, she'll good hear school. that. Yeah, good yeah. good school, Bucknell. So uh, let's get you out on the baseball diamond there. Goody, and just ask you just the 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 obligatory first of the year spring training question of who's catching your eye right now. Well, in in the first couple of games that we broadcast, a uh, couple of things. Um, collecting my thoughts, CJ Crone swinging the bat really well. Yeah, and he's a, he's a guy that's done it before. He's hit thirty in a year, twenty nine in a year. I think it was a nice acquisition. And I, he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. I would be shocked if he's not at first base, you know, pretty frequently. Uh, Josh Fuentes, you never count him out. He's swinging the bat well this spring. We've seen him at first. We've seen him at third. Um, I don't think they're opposed to letting him run out there and play left field. He has an energy to him. I think that's infectious. I was really impressed, guys, the other day, and you probably heard me say this, and Spilly, you know, Spilly jumped on it also naturally. When Ryan McMahon hit that ball out to center field and hit a couple of mm. home runs, that was a 96, 97-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone. Oh, and man. that's a pitch that's hard to get to for, for just about anybody. But he had struggled with plus velocity. I mean, he's open about that. I mean, he kind of had a loop in his swing, and he really worked hard in the last year, going back to last spring, in eliminating that. And I thought that was really good to see. Uh, that home run he hit uh, the other night. So, you know, initially those are a couple of things, you know, certainly that, that jump out. The other one is is Austin Gomber, or the other person I should say is Austin Gomber. You know, his numbers so far this year, again, early in spring have been good, but just watching how he pitches, he has four legitimate uh, offerings. He has a really good curveball. I mean, a plus curveball, and he'll be able to throw it at, at altitude. Uh, his fastball's got some sneakiness to it. He got a strikeout, uh, you know, above the hands at 94. So there's plenty of velo in there. He throws a slider. And I, and I saw uh, an outstanding changeup also. I was impressed with Gomber the other day. And and so far what he's done in the spring, which which I think will add to what is the strength of this club, as, as you guys have articulated on your podcast on a number of occasions. It is – it is the starting rotation. And, I, you know, I know Mar Marquez had a little bit of a rough one today. I don't worry about what happens on March the 12th, especially with a guy like, like Herman. But that, that rotation, we've, we've said it collectively together. You know, there are a lot of teams who would trade, trade their rotation for the Rockies' rotation. Yeah. Oh, no, did we get a frozen Patrick right when he was ready? I'm sure he's ready to come in with a good one, too. I'm sure he had, it, he had it locked and loaded. And there you go. Oh, there we go. Maybe we got you back. Now. He's moving again. Okay. He got staggered. <laughs> Patrick got staggered. Just a slight stagger. There we go. Yeah, and Gomber's going to be key, too. If if Antonio Senzatella isn't going to be ready to go, we're going to finally uh, start to see him in action. He's going to be on a backfield throwing two simulation innings uh, or in a simulated game, I, I should say. So uh, Gomber's going to be valuable. I, I, I loved him you know, being paired with, with Freeland, finally having two lefties in the rotation again. If you think about it, the last time they did, you know, was, was 17 and 18, you know, and Tyler Anderson was doing his thing. So Gomber's uh, been a real big piece. You know, we've got a couple questions and comments from YouTube asking about Ryan Maltapia. You know, there's been a lot of talk about him. He wants to win a batting title. You know, he led the team in batting average this year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on him so far in the early going in spring? He's got the job now, finally, after, you know, 
couple of years already here in the majors, uh, somewhat full seasons. He's the guy. He's the guy in left field now. What are what are your thoughts on Ryan Maltapia going into this season? I just think of his work ethic. I think of his hand-eye coordination. He has great hand-eye coordination. He has great confidence in himself. I'm sure his confidence is at an all-time high uh, after hitting 321 last year. And he knows that you know he's not fighting to make a club. He's he's going to be on the club and he's going to play a lot. Uh, I think what will be really interesting for Rockies fans and really for all of us is how Buddy works his outfield because as they build, um, you really want to know what you have with Sam Hilliard and with Garrett Hampson. So, you know, take a Chris Owings, for instance, and this is not to slight Chris Owings, who's a, who's a really very good athlete and good baseball player, but if he's a super utility guy and he gets – you know, six, eight at bats, ten at bats in a week, fine. But if you, but if you're the Rockies, at least in my opinion, you want to get more at bats for Hilliard, more at bats for Hampson, because you want to find out are, are they going to be able to click at the big league level and really become impactful. And so, right. with Blackman and right, and Toppy and left, and and some combination with those other two playing. Uh, I think you're, you're going to see a, a shuffling around of those four guys, most notably uh, in the outfield. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, Tapia, Tapia is, a, a, is a confident guy. and he, I, I throw him in that same kind of grouping with Josh Fuentes and that you, you never count a guy out that, that is continually trying to get better and believes in themselves and, and, and keeps moving up a rung on the ladder seemingly every year. I'll throw uh, a Tapia stat at you because, and as as longtime listeners of the the show know that Tapia has, has long been my guy because my my first year out there really covering the team was that 2013 Grand Junction squad I went out and saw where he was doing all kinds of interesting stuff. But I followed him very closely through the minors, and he never went into a four game hitting slump. He never went four consecutive games without a hit, and only I think a handful of times did he go three straight games? So it was basically like if he went two games without a hit, he had something like a 95% chance in the minors of getting a hit in that third game. That's it an was, early DraftKings tip. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for a guy to get a hit tomorrow. Well, and, and consistency is one of those things. We talk about the tools in baseball, you know, contact and power. And, and we know about the Rockies and we talk a lot about hitting on the road and the struggles of adjusting to and from. And one of the things that's always intrigued me about Tapia has been his ability to do it consistently. And we saw it for the first time last year at the major league level, whereas every day, every at-bat, even if he struck out on a ball in the dirt, he was finding a way to, to mess with the pitcher. And I think if he can get that to translate, it'll be fascinating to see how it plays at Coors Field. A guy who doesn't slump can be a real problem. And I think, uh, I, I know he didn't hit, he hit nine home runs two years ago. He, he really didn't. What did he have? One home run last year. Yeah, I, there, there's going to be more in there, um, and I know he went the other way quite a bit. But this is a strong guy, and I was watching him take BP yesterday. Um, it doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, swing out of his shoes to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I think there, there's going to be a little more slug in there this year than there was last year. And one of the other observations. It being down here, you know, the, the old chip on the shoulder that I think was articulated most vociferously by Kyle Freeland is legitimate and it is it has permeated the team. I mean, they to a man believe that, hey, we're better than than people believe and we're going to go out there and, and, and play hard and we're going to surprise some people. So uh, that that definitely was evident in, in with some of the guys I've had the opportunity to talk with the crazy thing about Ryan Maltapia is he's only 17 days older than Sam Hilliard. So you go back and you say, yeah, Sam Hilliard still needs to establish himself as a big leaguer. And there's a lot of projectability in there. I think you can still say the same thing about Ryan Maltapia where he's still figuring it out. And uh, every year he, he comes into spring training, he's a little bit bigger. <laughs> a little bit thicker, a little bit muscular, little bit and it's like we, we still don't have a finished product with him. We, we we don't necessarily know about Hilliard, but you're right, Goody, is that that outfield 
kind of formation and, and the rotation of that with Hampson getting thrown in the mix as well. And, and we know how well his speed plays. And with Charlie needing an off day, every now and again, you could see a nice split between those four guys sharing duties in the outfield. Well, you have, again, a, a group in large measure that needs to prove themselves. And if the yeah. guys that maybe have established themselves at least as, you know, big leaguers, they're not content with just being a big leaguer. So Rymel Tapia had a nice, you know, abbreviated 2020, but he's by no means content. Uh, you know, Josh Fuentes, I think, feels like he belongs now, but he's by no means you know, content in whatever role he has. And then you have some of the aforementioned guys like Hampson and Hilliard um, and, and, and a guy we haven't talked about, Brendan Rogers, who were trying to establish themselves. And Brendan Rogers swung the bat very well, you know, down here. Um, you know, he, some of this, even a couple of his outs are loud outs. He's getting the barrel to the baseball. And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be exciting to watch how he develops this year. And listen, there are going to be some, some rough times, but I think you got to, you know, if your buddy, you got to stay with him and, and let him really get a great number of bats this year and see how he can grow because he wasn't drafted third overall by accident. So uh, there are across the board a number of guys that, that are not simply content to be, hey, I'm a big league guy and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect a nice paycheck. Couple guys proving themselves. We got a question here from Adam, who, by the way, I met at spring training a couple of years ago in the before times, rocking a DNVR mask. We love to see that. Uh, this catching tandem with Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez, both of whom are hitting the heck out of the baseball right now. Um, you guys talked about it a little bit on the broadcast. We're all going to miss Tony Walters, and. It, you know, and and also not only just the character and everybody loves him and the fans love him and all that stuff. The guy could catch a ball game. The guy could frame a pitch. They could let it go down to second base, all that stuff. And I don't think that Diaz and Nunez are there defensively. But then you see their offensive potential and go, well, it's going to be, there's going to be a different story for the Rockies at catcher this year. And it's going to be fascinating to watch these two guys, how they establish themselves. Uh, this is going to be one of, I think, the more intriguing stories of this season for the Rockies. You have to have tremendous focus to be to be a catcher. You, you cannot take one pitch off. If you miss framing a pitch, or if, if the ball glances off, uh, you know the, the the glove, and all of a sudden it, you give up ninety feet, and the next guy hits a bloop single, and that that's a run. So you have to keep tremendous focus behind the plate. Your number one job, if you go for four is four punch outs, you can still have a great day because you're working with that pitcher and trying to guide him and whoever comes in after him uh, to the finish line and, and an opportunity to shake the can. So that's the number one priority. Uh, so far, to, you're right, offensively, I mean, Diaz uh, hit another home run today, or his first, I should say, this spring, but he's hitting 500 this spring. Dom Nunez hit a towering two-run home run uh, in the ball game we had on AT&T yesterday. They're going to get more punch, and they need to get Off more a pretty good pitcher, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that that will be interesting to watch on both sides of the ball. But they have to they have to be better overall offensively than they've been the last couple of years. And now you're taking out a, a guy that you assume most years is going to hit 35 home runs and driving 100 and something in, in Nolan. Uh, so they they even if Nolan was here, you need greater production from a number of, of spots outside of shortstop. So the catching tandem, I think, is going to provide uh, certainly more punch than, than they've gotten uh, recently, and that's not a backhanded shot at Tony. We all love Tony, great guy, and uh, you know, kind of self-made behind the plate because he was a middle infielder uh, his whole life and initially with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, looking at the bullpen, again, it was only only two games that you saw so far. Again, kind of gives credence to the idea that you're you're not looking at stats. It, it doesn't matter the outcomes quite as much. So Estevez and Oliveras, the stat lines don't look great. They looked great for Justin Lawrence. Of those, any of those three guys or just anyone else that kind of stuck out and you say, hey, regardless of what they did on Wednesday or Thursday, anyone jump out at you as, you know, having that stuff that, this, this is a guy that is going to be in the pen for the next couple of years. 
Well, Lawrence is an interesting arm angle, and he throws the ball in the upper 90s. So that gets your attention uh, right away. And now it's the ability to be consistent and the ability, you know, can you do it when there's fans in the stands and, and all of a sudden it's you're asked if it's a little bit of a tighter ball game. Uh, but that's an intriguing arm. For Carlos Estevez, he's, you know, not had a good spring so far. He gave up another home run yesterday. I don't worry a ton about it right now. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a concern. I think he's still trying to get that, you know, the velocity back up where it is. But um, I would say the, the last couple of weeks of March when he goes out there four, five, six times, you want to you want to start seeing, you know, some one, two, three innings and, and some missing some bats and, and that sort of thing. So I'm not as concerned about it right now because it's still the, the first half of March. But, you know, given the fact that he struggled last year, You'd like to see uh, some some real solid outings as we march closer to um, April first. I was interested to see Ben Bowden uh, yesterday. Got to see him work a little bit uh, from the left side. Um, you know, yeah. probably have to see him a little bit more before I can give you a definitive uh, feel for what I think the Rockies have. Um, but um, I know Robert Stevenson. I didn't get to watch it today. I know he threw. He did give up a run uh, today. I've heard good things about how Michael Gibbons looks and is throwing and, and kind of how he's um, emerged some in the clubhouse with that group of, of relievers also. Scott Oberg threw a clean inning today. That was great to see. So good. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just it's just it's great to see Scott Oberg just on the mound at all. I, I didn't even care what he does, right? For the first inning, you almost don't care. I remember I was down at spring training 1.0 last year when they first announced Daniel Bard and, and he came out and I'm thinking, Oh, this is a nice little story, whatever. And he got, I mean, he got rocked, man. He, he, I don't, I he maybe recorded two outs and, you know, and you just go, well, that was a nice story. That's probably over. Turns out sometimes it takes guys a minute to get it going in spring training. That said yeah. to see Obi go out and do it and just be there. I was just like, uh, how can you not just be overwhelmed almost with joy at that? Yeah. Um, you know, good guy. Uh, you know, not, not once with blood clots, but three times with blood clots. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see him go out there today and uh, to have a good outing um, and, and to feel like a baseball player again, I'm sure for Scott is, is terrific. And um, I look forward to seeing more of that naturally. Yeah, it was his first game pitching with the Rockies uh, since since August sixteenth, two thousand nineteen. So you know that's that's one of those one of those moments that you know people are going to love to get back inside a Coors Field and just celebrate the game of baseball and seeing Oberg back on the mound at Coors Field should that happen and we'll keep our fingers crossed. That'll be that'll be another great day. That'll be another great day for Rockies fans and and for him as well. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll be it'll be a great day, and then quickly it'll move forward because he'll he'll want to talk not very much about that and all about you know working in the eighth the ninth inning to preserve you know leads and 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 help this ball club. So and and he, you know, if he comes back and is a Scott Oberg that we know, that's a huge boost to that bullpen, obviously. Yeah. Bullpens are insurance, and hey, everyone's got insurance. That's right, I did it. One last one for you. And our friends over at Gabby Insurance, actually not an insurance thing on its own. They're helping you get best pricing. They do an apples-to-apples comparison on your current coverage with up to 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers, customers on average saving up to $961 a year. Our guy AJ Hayfley over at DNVR Avs just checked this thing out, said it's going to save him about three. Hundo this year. Uh, I'm going to check mine out. It may not be a surprise to let all of you know that uh, it's the missus that runs that department here in this household. And so we'll have to see how much it's going to save us too. But check it out. It's G-A-B-I. You can download the app right now. You're probably paying too much for your car or home insurance. See how much it can save you. Totally free right now to check it. No obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Remember, they do not sell your info. You will not get blown up with insurance calls. It's just a way to help see if you can save some money. 
Again, go to gabi.com slash DNVR and see how much you can save. Last thing here, Goody, we did ask you last time or maybe time before, I don't know, we played a little Charles Cobb, Chuck Nasty with uh, some new things going on in the game of baseball. And it turns out they were getting wild there with MILB announced some new stuff. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this announcement of, of the things we're about to see in minor league baseball this year? Yeah, you, you know, there's so many of them. Why don't you go one by one again? Because I'll I'll tell you the one that jumps in my mind that I don't like is, you know, they have to disengage the rubber and you can only throw over twice um, with, yeah. with a given hitter at the plate. I don't like that at all. Yeah, as a base um, dealer, I, I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that, that to me is, I don't yeah. know. I mean, again, I, nobody likes everybody boos when a guy throws over three, four times. I get it. I, I right now, and and I, we can change our minds. Uh, I, I've changed my mind on the DH, as you know. Uh, yep. But I do. I think that you should be able to place your fielders any any place you want. So if there's three guys on the right side because you have a you know a, a, a pull hitting left handed bat. That's the prerogative of the manager. And I, I don't want to see that messed with. The robo umpires, you know I'm out on that. Uh, <laughs> oh. You were just talking. I mean, yeah. we were just talking, fellas, a few minutes ago about missing Tony Walters. And he made an art of being able to, you know, stick pitches and, and work mm -hmm. ground up with his hands and steal strikes. There's an art to catching. Otherwise, yeah. you just put a, you know, a couch back there, right? <laughs> I, those old trampolines I, like I, I used to have when I was a kid <laughs> yeah I, and listen I know and part of it is that it's a big sold item in television regional television and national television the strike zone and and you'll hear me say where's that you know where was that pitch and, and it seems like it's always a constant referendum on the umpire but these guys are, are are a part of the game they've always been part of the game they get it right at, at a very high rate um, not an easy job. So listen, I have not only great respect for that, but I think it's part of the game and I don't want to, I, I think there'll be just as many issues with technology, if not more, if we go to a robo umpire, you say, wait a second, they just called that strike. That was neck high. I mean, you know, Altuve's, I, I, I know they'll adjust it. I understand that, but I just, I'm, I'm out on that. No. So th those are three that I'm, that I'm not, that I, that, I did, that I haven't embraced. Well, give me some of the other ones, Patrick, because well, every league's got, like, three new rules. They do. Goody, would you be more in favor of, of a robotic umpire if every 4,600 pitch a guy was just ejected from the game because he didn't like the call? <laughs> if they could somehow randomize that, would that, would that make it better? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right uh, the the other one that was really good that this this is what i think you'll like because it's it's pretty basic and it doesn't really mess with the game it's we were talking about how a lot of these you might not necessarily notice if you're in the stands i think you might notice an electronic umpire depending on what that looks like <laughs> to pick off moves but bases being larger uh, we'll see that in in triple a so the uh, the isotopes will have that instead of a 15 by 15 inch base it'll be 18 by 18 so Sure, it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit, you get a slightly larger lead. You're a little bit closer to second base, but they're going to make it with a, a slightly stickier substance, a little bit lower to the ground for base dealers. And it, it could help with avoiding certain collisions and things of that nature. So I think that would be one you're in favor of. That one's interesting. Uh, it will help with stolen bases because the guy, you know, three inches, you know, so yeah. can touch his foot or his hand. Uh, to the bag, uh, maybe makes a difference. The occasional spiking at first base on bang bang plays, where a runner, you know, inadvertently spiked the first baseman's heel or the pitcher covering that sort of thing, probably maybe it mitigates that potential a little bit. That that'll be that one. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Here's another thing: balls down the first base line that that eluded the bag. Now there's three more three more inches of surface that it can catch the bag and, you know, skip uh -huh. past the first baseman, that sort of thing. So that one's, that one's 
intriguing. Ah, it's kind of intriguing. There we go. There we go. We got the official. And when I say intriguing, not that I say, yeah, it's intriguing to definitely adopt it, but I want to see what the data shows and, and how yeah. it plays out and what, what the, um, you know, after a great volume of games, what is the uh, opinions of, of people uh, in the game who play the game and, and people who coach and manage the game? Uh, did it make a huge difference? And was it a positive ultimately or not? I think there is also even some room where you can, uh, at the halfway point in the season, they can tweak things accordingly. So there'll be some of that. And it's only one per league. So that's kind of a nice thing. You're not overwhelming guys with all of these kind of newfangled rules and, and different elements of, of the game. It's each league has something different. Um, so it's, it's, it's one thing at a time per level. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like, as you said, to get that data, and if that's what they're doing with the affiliated teams, it'll be interesting if they get even more creative with some of those partner leagues, like the, the pioneer league where, Grand Junction and the Rocky Mountain Vibes are playing here in state of Colorado. If they'll get uh, involved in, in crazier rules, there was actually a point in 2019 where there was a discussion with the Atlantic League, uh, who's now a partner league. They were going to even move the pitcher's mound or the pitcher's plate back two feet. So still no word on what's going to happen with the partner leagues, but you can certainly experiment a little bit if need be for the betterment of the game, as wacky as it might sound. We'll just kind of have to let the guys play and, and see. Did, did you know that there was a rule in the Atlantic League a couple years ago where you could steal first base? Had you yes. heard of this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I did see. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. We, 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 we all want more action. We all want more action. <laughs> That's right. Um, that, that was a little different. That I was, was going to say, one. keep your response to five expletives. <laughs> yeah, no more right. than five expletives <clears throat> on stealing first base. But the interesting thing about it is, Goody, and, and this is what you're going to love, guys didn't do it. I, I, it may have happened once because you understand well, that guys are, are like, like players from the Dominican Republic, they're going to hit their way off the island. These guys playing professional baseball that aren't underneath the umbrella of minor league baseball – Nobody is going to look and go, wow, look at that. You stole first base. Great at stealing first, dude. You have to hit the baseball, and that's how these guys are going to be seen and improve their skills. So they didn't actually really you know, adopt to that to a degree. Yeah, I, I hate it because then it would eliminate from the dictum of every broadcaster in baseball the line, you can't steal first base. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, we, we do have to wrap it up. There's one other thing that I thought of since we were talking about these things, and it was just asked of Bud Black this morning because the, the shift rule, right, says like a certain number of people have to be on the infield dirt. But mm. that isn't standard at every ballpark. And so, <laughs> like, could their creator, like, well, our team's going to start, like, just building the dirt so that it goes all the way out into medium deep right field so yeah. that they can shift yeah, better? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know where Buddy stands on this, and, and that's why I, I'm not for that. I, I One of the things, I don't know if Buddy's been asked this yet this spring, especially with Coors Field, you saw Tampa do this with certain guys. I mean, if the data says he hits the ball in the air 65% of the time, why not go with four outfielders? Uh, on with, um. with certain guys in certain situations, and then it, again, if if you're going to start telling people where you have to play players, that wouldn't be a possibility. But I thought it was fascinating when Tampa did that, and and the place to do it, you'd think, is Coors Field because it has the most cavernous outfield in baseball. And the Rockies have Garrett Hampson, who plays second base, but also can go out and play center. You can literally just have Hampson playing second, or Owings just go yeah. out and play Josh a second Fuentes. center field. And now Story's playing right up the middle, and you've got McMahon on the left side, and and whoever's at first there. I love it. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we've, yeah, I mean, we've seen variations. You guys were talking about that with a guy who's a slugging left-handed bat, but doesn't run very well. You're not just seeing a guy, you know, 10 feet out on the outfield grass. You're seeing guys that are like 50 feet out on the outfield grass, taking away a line single. That's always yeah. been a, a, you know, guy squares it up. So line drive to low line drive to right. And you, it, we've seen that caught uh, on occasion. 
where that's a hit in every league in, in the world at every level. Um, but listen, uh, you know, hitters can make adjustments also. And I think that's part of the, you know, interesting uh, element of the game. All of these rules, most of these rules are to create more offense, create more action. I should say not necessarily yes. offense, but create more action. And I'm, I'm all for that. And I think it, it has to happen somewhat organically as opposed to always, you know, messing with rule changes. Um, but listen, you have to experiment. I never thought I'd be on board with putting a runner at second base to start extra innings, but there's a whole lot of strategy involved in that. Yeah. And it does pique my interest. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, again, I've said this with you guys. I've said it on my podcast many times. I've probably said it uh, on on our television broadcasts uh, at select times. Every sport, every person, every you know technology group, every company. What are you always trying to do? You're trying to evolve. You're trying to get better. You're trying to improve your product. And in the case of baseball even though it is a marvelous product that has stood the test of time for 150 plus years, they, they can evolve as well. I don't know if it always has to be dramatic, but we've seen it in other sports, you know, the two line pass in hockey, and now it's opened up some great, you know, opportunities for, you know, two on ones or, or even, you know, just the, the guy breaks away on the goalie. Uh, so I think that was, you know, a great advancement several, you know, number of years ago now uh, in hockey. So, you know, baseball should look at these things. I'm not opposed to it. Um, but you're asking me at first glance. Um, baseball also has the luxury of experimenting, not at the highest level, but at some of the lower levels, which the other sports may not have the luxury of doing. Right. Yeah, well, we're it's it's going to be a, a really intriguing season for a lot of reasons. It's going to be a lot of fun, as we've talked about for uh, a lot of stuff today. Uh, make sure that you're following. So, game on TV tomorrow, Saturday, if you're all listening, and Monday. Make sure you're checking out the AT and T Sportsnet broadcast there on those days. Make sure you're listening to this right now on a podcast app, which means you can go right over, search for the Drew Goodman podcast, download it, make sure you're getting all that stuff. You don't want to miss any of these can't-miss interviews. Really, really good stuff there on the podcast. Make sure you add it to your regular podcast feed. Make sure you're following everybody on social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Goodman 42, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Anybody, we don't need to give Spilly's ad a shout-out these days. He's doing fine. But follow <laughs> Spilly. He's doing great stuff on Twitter. He's he's a must-follow. What is it? Spill it. I mean, S-P-I-L-L. Philly Goat. Yeah, Philly Goat. Yeah. Uh, Follow Jenny on Twitter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Savnar. Yeah. Uh, Everybody on the social media. We're we're having fun. Uh, It's it's all a way of becoming and and, and continuing to be a part of the Colorado Rockies community. And and we appreciate you all out there. We know that when you follow us, when you subscribe to the DNVR.com and you get – your discounts and you come and hang out with us in the discord and you're talking with us 24 seven about baseball or the other sports or sometimes just whatever you saw on TV, whatever good movie you saw, whatever you made for dinner tonight, all of it. We want to, we're, we're a community out here sharing this experience together. So we appreciate you all very, very much. We hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew's Creaseman and Goodman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.